Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. I'm Alpha. We can be as badass as we want. We now live in a nation where doctors destroy health, lawyers destroy justice, universities destroy knowledge, governments destroy freedom, the press destroys information, religion destroys morals, our banks destroy the economy, the inability to defend on all of these fronts, be it voter suppression. And you can go down the line. You can go down the line. Good evening. I'm Alpha. This is the Alpha Show. Now, the master of common sense, take no prisoners in politics and game making. The man from Chicago who's got their numbers. This is Advanced Urban Political Talk Radio with Alpha. Here's Alpha. Well, good evening. Good evening and welcome to another episode of the Alpha Show. <laughs> Just another slow week. I have to say it a slow week because nothing ever really happens when it comes to the Biden administration. He's been in office two weeks, is it? Let's see, let me get my fingers out here so I can count the days. Okay. He's been in office two weeks. I'm going to give it two weeks and two days. And um, there's nothing really happening. Joe Biden has not uh, done a damn thing. (laughs) That alone a damn thing for black people. And, um, of course, I'm being you know, just a little bit uh, disingenuous. Uh, but uh, let's face it. When you have competence, when you have someone who knows what the hell they're doing, you see, grifting and illegality and uh, all of the other things he was engaged in, it takes a lot of thought and a lot of time. He uh, started out by quietly destroying the government. And now that um, there is some competence back in the White House, he seems to be in a rage that he can no longer disseminate to the American people because he's been kicked off of Twitter and Facebook. As uh, people begin to ask, what took you so long? What took Twitter and Facebook so long? There's just a plethora of stories out there 
true stories, honest stories that can be covered without mixing in the misinformation, the controlling of information and the destructive information that was the previous administration. You have a seed. Lou Dobbs has been canceled. That's right. Lou Dobbs business business uh business report or business show or business show slash political hit job political whiners. Uh, Fox News has canceled Lou Dobbs in the face of um billion dollars in lawsuits that name him, that have him in the lawsuit because he continued to perpetrate the lie that Donald Trump had won the election. Oh, there are consequences, Mr. Dobbs. So this is what we have. We have um, Fox News throwing their highest, how did they call it? They call it their highest ranked show. And I'm questioning that because, well, I guess they're going to call that business news, their highest ranked business news show. They've thrown that under the bus. And now all that's left is Sean Hannity and Tucker Bowtie Carlson. So I don't know if um, they want to give those up yet, but let's just face it. The Lou Dobbs show today was, I guess, today is the last day for it or night for it. And um, Give them a a week or two weeks, however long Fox wants to hold him to his contract. But he'll show up on Newsmax or the other um, ON uh, sites that um, try to give you their versions of the facts. But let's face it, once Lou Dobbs has worn out his welcome, he's been used up, they'll move on. Now, I'm of this school of logic. You triple men, I'll step on their necks. Because you don't just back away now that they're on the run. You continue to march. And march progressive shell, liberal shell, Democrat shell. The uh, COVID relief bill 
is just a pin stroke away, as I believe I understand it at this point. It's past the Senate. It's past the House. And um, past the Senate through reconciliation. Good evening, Janice. My CEO, um, my um, boss, my big sister, the person who keeps me in line. And um, she was very harsh on me about um, plugging her our common ground show tomorrow evening. Now I, I gotta I gotta admit um, it's still uh, I'm still not too good at this. But however, <laughs> uh, we are still going to um, give it a good shot. Give it a good try because. Um, We need to, I need to um, do a better job in promoting our common ground 10 o'clock tomorrow. <laughs> I'm laughing, um, not because of the show tomorrow, but um, it just, it just galls me. The Texas woman, you know, she was charged in the Capitol riot. She can take a trip to Mexico. A Texas florist charged in connection with the U.S. Capitol insurrection will be allowed to go to Mexico later this month. It's my understanding they found five more charges. They have filed five more charges on her. So that's up in the air. That's it may not happen. Um, Rachel Maddow did a piece on a woman who's uh, close to a doctor, but not a doctor, who's fleeced the American people out of over two hundred thousand dollars propping up some type of stem cell injection that they could get that would cure COVID and keep them from getting it. And it also cures 100 other things that people forked over money for. And um, she's facing a great, a, a big hurt. She's, uh, she faces 20 criminal charges including wire fraud distribution by means of the Internet without a valid, I guess, valid license would be the end of it. But uh, this is just uh, another clear example of the grifters. And can somebody please Tell me if they've noticed the same thing 
I've noticed about Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary, is she kicking ass or what? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. It's like she's a real badass. You see the reporters who seem to be afraid to be aggressive and ask the tough questions that the right wing wants to know. Because she just stuffs it right back in their face and moves on very, very, very politely. I've never seen someone so polite yet so tough and arrogant towards the stupid questions. And last but not least, so far, um, she's gotten the better of these um, so-called reporters who just want to ask questions, who are actually trying to serve up an aha moment. But uh, she kicks them in their teeth and sits them right down and really gets to them. So there's a lot of good things that are coming from this administration. Jim Saki is... uh, I I had my questions of whether or not she would be able to handle this, but um, she seems to be, um, I would call it overqualified. <laughs> overqualified to slap these clowns. So that's exactly what she's doing. She's slapping them down. And they deserve it. They deserve it. We get what we get. And um, later on, I'll be covering with um, great glee the latest story that has to do with one of my pet peeves, and that's the post office and the I would say bipartisan mishandling of taxpayer dollars and they're looking to get rid of that particular law and he knows it Uh, they seem to be hiding yep (laughs) but um, I would like to think that this would be more so on a 
bipartisan basis because it is said that the uh, bill itself has by by uh, bipartisan support. It's called a draconian law that places heavy financial burden on the Postal Service, causing it to appear, to appear, to fall billions of dollars further into debt each year. Every year they pay $5.5 billion to fund the retirement plan and the health plan of their constituents. Seven years, I'm sorry, 75 years in advance. But yet that that's the uh, that's the um, burden that they have. That particular, I posted it in in the chat room, lawmakers aim to dissolve draconian law, place heavy financial burden on the Postal Service. Financial requirement has created a major economic drag on the Postal Service, causing it to appear to fall billions of dollars further into debt each year. A bipartisan group of lawmakers in the House and Senate introduced legislation that would provide Postal Service much-needed financial aid. Doing away with the mandate that required it to pay retirement benefits decades in advance. The issue stems from a 20 06 law requirement the Postal Service to create a $72 billion fund that would pay its employees' retirement and health benefits for more than 50 years into the future. This is not required by law of any other federal agency. So This was the poison pill by design left by the Republican Party as they rushed it out, as they rushed the bill through, as Democrats were looking the other way. They just wanted to get home for the holiday. So I would just hope that it would follow through on that. And uh, it's called the UPS Fairness Act, introduced by Democrats and Republicans in both chambers, and it would do away with the requirement. Joe Biden to quickly install new leadership in the federal agency. You know, the Postal Service is the reason why they don't have a choke grip on on Senate control. 
because all of those ballots that were never turned in because they were still sitting at the post offices throughout the nation. So there are things coming down the pipeline that seem that would be helpful to our economy. The economy itself uh, is said to have to have only generated so many jobs, not enough jobs. So we have to <laughs> we have to uh what was it forty nine thousand jobs? It's a very disappointing number. I can't recall off the top of my head. No, I don't have it written down. <laughs> Seems to have escaped me. But it'll come back. But let's see. We have a lot of a lot of things to be optimistic about as the new administration settles into its first two weeks. And that's going to be a a positive as this administration continues with concentrating on the things that matter. If you notice, Joe Biden has not uh, waded in with um, the what do you call them, the wedge issues in politics seem to be, I don't know, they seem to be trying to run with it. Yeah, Janice, that's right. Magistrate judge. Approved her trip, and I wonder. I'm, I'm wondering at this point. When did somebody ask the magistrate, magistrate judges, and all of these judges that have been, who are not qualified, who have been appointed, and approved by Mitch McConnell, and rushed through. It makes you sick. Well, okay, it makes me sick. But that's um, it's not so much folly for another time. That's 
who's making these decisions as jurors. Who's making these decisions? Black History Month and our common ground. The history of the black political movement in America. Four week lecture series. That's on Thursdays. Okay? It begins. Um, it began yesterday, at, um, and it will be on Thursdays at 8 o'clock Eastern Time. Here at Blog Talk Radio. And yesterday's um, program was off the chain. I got to say the uh, gentleman, <laughs> the gentleman began talking, and as I've always said, Dr. James Taylor is long-winded, and he can talk forever. So that's what he did for two hours. I couldn't get a call in. I was told there were no calls being taken. I was distraught. Well, anyway, it was a great, great two hours, and it's a great history lesson. I need the history lesson. I didn't pay close attention in high school. Matter of fact, I know most of you have heard me say, the only reason I got out of kindergarten, I got too big for the furniture. The same can be said for high school. (laughs) But I digress. The history of black political Movement in America Thursday nights Here at Blog Talk Radio Dr. James L. Taylor And Janice of course will be uh, She'll be Hosting Those particulars but uh, you got to <laughs> you got to understand. You got to see where we are going here with this Biden administration. And I got to tell you, I, I mean, I you got to go big. You got to do big things. You've got to turn around, and I got to tell you, you know, Janice, 
talking talking stuff in the chat room. Five one six 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 nine five one six. Oh yeah. This is the number you can call in. Oh, she put the whole thing in there. The history of black political movements in America, ashes to ashes, lynching and black history. And OCG tomorrow. Now, this is tomorrow. Not on Thursday, this is tomorrow. So I'll convey that message about our common ground. But uh, before she put it in the chat room, I can get I can run into my uh I can run into my uh the social between between the socialist national anthem and uh, Elizabeth Warren, this is the time when we should be going big on things like infrastructure. Think about it. Joe Biden's infrastructure program, and he begins to build, rebuild the roads and shore up our infrastructure as Republicans scream and whine about the debt, the same Republicans who jammed through a one-and-a-half trillion dollar tax cut bill that they could not pay for. And with the wealth tax, as Warren explains to it, explains it, This is how it works. The rich and powerful have written the rules of our economy and our government to benefit themselves. And here's one benefit for the ultra-rich. After making a killing from the economy they've rigged... Sometimes, some things just don't want to work right. Especially after... The rich and powerful have written the rules of our economy and our government to benefit themselves. And here's one benefit for the ultra-rich. After making a killing from the economy they bring, they don't pay taxes on that accumulated wealth. Consider two people. An heir with $500 million worth of yachts and jewelry and fine art, and a public school teacher with no savings in the bank. They both bring home $50,000, and they both pay the same amount in federal taxes, despite their vastly different circumstances. That's a system that's rigged for the top. It's time for a wealth tax in America. 
So here's how it works. Anyone who has over $50 million in accumulated assets, your first $50 million is free and clear, your 50 millionth and first dollar, you got to pitch in two cents. And two cents for every dollar after that. And a few more cents for every dollar of wealth over a billion dollars. That's the basic idea that will generate $3 trillion over the next 10 years. Because here's the thing. You built a great fortune in America. Good for you. All we're saying is, when you make it to the top, to the top of the top, to the top of the top of the top, pitch in two cents so everyone else gets a chance to make it in America. Inequalities in our economy have existed for a long time, and the COVID crisis has just made them worse. With $3 trillion generated from a wealth tax, we can help working families recover and improve their lives. We can make sure that women aren't knocked out of the workforce by the lack of child care. And we can bring structural change to health, education, and economic systems. We need a wealth tax, and we need it now. There you go. That's how you pay for infrastructure. That's how you pay for health care for all. That's how you pay for the spending that Republicans love to whine about until they get back into power, then it's no question of spending. Climate change, immigration reform, infrastructure repair, all of those things can be taken care of with the wealth tax. And all Republicans are going to say is, we will destroy the economy and we will lose jobs if we implement a wealth tax. Jobs will go overseas, fleeing the base, the foundation of global economy, the biggest consumers are doomed to fail. And let it be known, let it be said that a hefty uh, a hefty penalty, give it a name, and apply it to those who flee the country to avoid the wealth tax, the two-cent wealth tax that Elizabeth Warren and other progressives have proposed that will pay for the much-needed things that we have, that we have to do. We must address climate change. And for all of for everyone who was afraid of how do we pay for it? It's just not a it's just not a fair question. 
it's just not <laughs> as as proposed in the socialist national anthem. You're damn right with socialized. Socialized, such a dirty word when it helps the sick and needy, but rationalized when it's disguised as tax cuts, tax breaks, loopholes, subsidies, buyouts and bailouts for the rich and corporate greedy. What will it take for, for us, us to wait before Trump destroys our nation with his hateful, hurtful, cruel, and corrupt administration that destroys life, liberty, truth, and justice in the name of being tough? How many more lives and destroyed lives before we say enough? Greed and global climate change are just two problems we face. And if we can't solve just those two, we'll lose the human race. What will it take for us to wake before the tipping point is tipped? And we the people finally realize we the people have been ripped off by the cop. It cannot stop. It is controlled by greed. And I'm so freaking sick and tired of getting gop sponsored by Wickline Family. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's a catchy little tune. 516-666-9516. Uh, your calls are anticipated. But uh, not mandatory, okay? Do yourself a favor. Do yourself a favor. I must take a break. And as I take this break, uh, I want you to listen to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. He asked a question. White race is an inferior race and the black race is a superior race. Um, I'd like for you to respond to those uh, those claims. Thank you, uh, Rock. To Mr. Botak and to the uh, Poverty Law Center and to white and black people alike. First, hate is always manifested, not just with words, but with deeds. And if he and they, out of their hatred for us, have made books that they put in schools saying that the nation of Islam is a hate group. They have made films and they put it before police departments that we are a hate group. They are the purveyors of hate against the nation of Islam. Now, if they've spent a million dollars a year on security, and yet all of this that they've done to us, yet they can't find one hateful act that any one of us has done to any one of them. So what is it about 
our doctrine that causes them to classify us as a hate group. Let me tell you simply what it is. Now, they say that we teach that white is inferior and black is superior. I don't know in what context you are speaking because we as black people are in a very inferior position, not only in America, but in the Caribbean, in Central and South America, and in Africa. We once were in a superior position. But since two things can't occupy the same space at the same time, they are the ruling people of this time. So that's a lie or a misstatement of fact. But here's what we teach. And white folk teach it too. Uh, Let's see. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, two white people cannot produce yellow, much less brown or black. But the black man in us and from us came every species of human being that is on our planet. That is not hate or racism. That is an absolute fact. Now, some white anthropologists, one of the main ones was Dr. Leakey. He was looking for the origin of man. And he didn't. He may have passed through Europe, but he didn't stay there. He went to Africa. And he found the bones of a man 750,000 years of age, and they called him Zinj Anthropus. Zinj meaning black, Anthropus meaning man, and Zinj Anthropus had a father. So they kept on searching, and they found bones of black people a million and a half, two million, three million years. We are considered in the Bible the ancient of days. You cannot find our origin in the earth or in the sun. You find it with God. Now, having said that, does that mean we are superior? In the genetic sense, absolutely. If you keep bothering us, black folk shoot not AK-47s. They shoot something that if we mix with you, you are gone. We stay. So genetically, you are inferior. That's not your mentality. That's not your creativity. That's your genetic makeup. We can wipe you off the earth just cohabiting with you. And that's why your population is going down. Now, we didn't do that. You're the one that's promoting intermarriage now. Yes, there was a time when you would kill a black man for looking under a white woman's dress that was hanging on a clothesline. Now, that's hate. We don't do that. 
We are telling the truth. You came from us. You are the Adam of the Bible, and we are the us that made man in our image and after our likeness, and we are the us that gave you time on our planet for you to live your life for six thousand years and we would not interfere with your rule until the coming of God. God is present now and the truth is present now. So we are your alpha and we are your omega. We, you began from us and you will end with us. That's real. That's not hate. That's your scripture. Now let's go to real. No, no, I got to finish this, Rob. I'm I'm just getting warmed up here. (laughs) Believe me, see, once you open Pandora's box, you can't take what's coming out of it. See, but you opened it. Now, isn't it true that in the Talmudic, the Babylonian Talmud, this is Jewish literature, that it was a Jewish rabbi that introduced the thought that black people are the children of Ham and are doomed, as scriptures say, to be hewers of wood and drawers of water, that we are not black uh, out of uh, this creation of God. We are cursed black. Wrong. But you put that out. Is that love or is that hate? How many uh, Muslims have segregated you. You down in Alabama, Mr. Potok. And in Alabama, who was it that put up white and black drinking fountains? Who put up white and black uh, hotel, motel? See, you are the author of that, and that speaks to your hatred of us. We didn't do that. That's Louis Farrakhan. The other gentleman is Rock Newman. And they basically call it like they see it. I want to say this about most of the things that are happening Today, and I wanted to save this for the second hour, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Marjorie Taylor Greene has basically declared the Republican Party, the QAnon Party, headed by Donald Trump. Now, remember, he he didn't know who these people were. I don't know. I don't know these people. They like me. 
I want Democrats, liberals, modest Democrats, conservative Democrats to pay attention because it doesn't seem to ring a bell in your heads when I've made statements like grab those moderate Democrats by the throat and drag them to the left. You drag them to the left. This goes back as far as the Tea Party. The Tea Party came in noisy, and they first garnered the support of the rest of the Republicans. And they were easy to garner because they all had one objective, and that was to own the libs. That was to get back at the libs. So they were easy. They grabbed the Republican Party by the neck, and they pulled them further to the right. And it gave us the Mike Lees, the Mike Pompeos. It gave us those radical right-wingers who did not have to worry about being labeled because they controlled the machine. And as long as they controlled the message machine, they could do what they wanted to do. Now, they've taken it a step further. As a call it a white lash. After Barack Obama's eight years, they had inflamed so many militia groups, anti-government groups, that Donald Trump was able to come in, go to the left of every Democrat when it came to trade, and single out Democrats and people of color as the enemies. And once they've accomplished that, then Donald Trump, through the help of the media, was able to take over the Republican Party and take over the Republican Party he did. But now that they have lost They've tried the old trick. They came with a group of modest Republicans, hat in hand, and somehow they were going to stop this spending, the spending for the things that Americans needed. And that was COVID relief. So you got Joe Manchin. He wasn't going to vote for COVID relief. He wasn't going to vote to spend that money. And he was citing the same talking points that the Republicans cite, and that's dead. Now, pay attention. (laughs) 
Democrats didn't go for it. They say the hell with you, Joe Manchin. You get on board with us or you'll have hell to pay, at least for the next two years, and you will lose your your Senate seat. We will not re-elect you. We will not support your re-election. So Joe Manchin came on board because he also knew that COVID relief is a popular. 68% of the American people are saying, yeah, we'll take it. Give us the rest of that 2000 Now, What is that, 1400 Yeah. Extend the unemployment insurance. From the post office. Do something about this pandemic. All of those are things that American people want. So at this point, at this time, it is incumbent upon Democrats to simply push through everything that they can and make Republicans. And if you lose because you have given the American people what they want and what they needed at a time when Republicans have basically destroyed our economy. And you can talk about how well the economy was chugging along under Donald Trump. But, it's a big but, because everybody always comes around with a big but, but it was an inherited economy, one that was chugging along very well. And Donald Trump simply infused $1.5 trillion into that economy. Of course, it was going to get better, and it did. But his mishandling of the pandemic, his ignorance, and that's what it was. His ignorance made him do what he could not resist doing, and that's doling out pain to minority communities around the country. The death toll has hit minorities the highest. And as long as he knew that the death toll raged on in the communities of color, he would do nothing about the pandemic. He's got half the country or 40% of the country screaming, we don't need masks. You're taking away our freedoms as the pandemic continues to grow, 
governors in Iowa, governors in Florida, mayors of cities are sending children back to school, are eliminating mandatory mass programs just in time for the Super Bowl, just in time for the coldest weathers and the inside activities that we are going to face to promote this pandemic. Joe Biden can't get enough vaccine into the arms of people. These new strains of this virus may very well beat us to the punch. We have to adhere to the mask and the social distancing and the contact tracing to defeat this virus. Days tick by and they are vital. They are very important to the recovery of this nation. We have won the battle of democracy over fascism, authoritarianism. Now all we have to do is to nurse this country back to health in a roadmap of destruction, willful sabotage by the Republican Party. And that has to be done with big programs. Whether Republicans want to come along or not, let them yell and scream about what's too much spending, just do it. Do it and make them take it away from you. Do infrastructure repair and make them stop the programs. You see, Biden came in and he shut down the XL pipeline. Right? Well, that XL pipeline only employed 11,000 people. Program, the clean energy programs will employ hundreds of thousands of people. You cannot allow Republicans or their minions in the media if you notice, notice the questions that they're asking. Joe Biden is doing this uh, annual, every Super Bowl, the president does a sit down with a news, with a news um, organization. Joe Biden is doing, is sitting down with CBS. I guess CBS is 
carrying the Super Bowl this year. So Joe Biden is sitting down with CBS. Make no mistake about it. Be it CBS, NBC, ABC, Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, either name them. They are actually right-wing news organizations. MSNBC has a night a night staff with and notice they go from Nicole Wallace from 3 o'clock to 5 that's central time from 3 o'clock to 5 o'clock central time and they go from that to 5 o'clock Ari Melber he's a right winger a soft, moderate right winger. And then you go to Joy Reid. She's a liberal. When she basically tiptoes when she has to. Then you get Chris Hayes. Then you get Rachel Maddow. Then you get Lawrence O'Donnell. Then you begin to go back to the right with the guy who comes on at 11 o'clock Central Time. Williams, is that his name, Brian Williams? And then you go into Morning Joe. Morning Joe has always been about the right conservatives. Only he got into the war with Donald Trump. And that's that basically what has pulled him to the left. He's basically going with the punches. You have to look at who's asking the questions and why are they asking the questions in such a way. That's why I say Jen Psaki has been amazing when it comes to handling the press. And I want everybody to just pay attention. All I ask you to do is pay attention. The questions that are asked are normally for the consumption of the right. You don't get softball questions like that. Joe Biden will not get the softball questions. And the CBS anchor, I forget her name, she asked Joe Biden, should Donald Trump get the briefings the daily briefings that all presidents get. And he said he didn't think so, and I agree with that. But I would have said, hell no, he don't get them. He's a traitor. But Joe Biden thought that um, he should be a little bit more diplomatic about it. 
Donald Trump is nothing more than a traitor. He will sell information to the Russians, to the Chinese, to Saudi Arabia. And I'm glad to see that the Joe Biden foreign policy has basically put a big stop sign up. And I would like to see him go further and put that stop sign up in front of Israel. Because Israel under Netanyahu is just foul. They are so foul. Oh, and one of the things that we haven't, or I haven't, touched on were things that need to be done right away. There are things that have to be, we have to go big on. One of the things is the dark money in politics. The Supreme Court, Citizens United, there must be curtailed rank, roped in. You got to wrestle them down. Sheldon Whitehouse. Sheldon Whitehouse really brought it to bear and laid it out for people to understand this I have to play because I got to take a break this is Sheldon White House on dark money This is a, to me, pretty big deal. I've never seen this around any court that I've ever been involved with, where there's this much dark money and this much influence being used. Here's how the Washington Post summed it up. This is a conservative activist behind the scenes campaign to remake the nation's courts, and it's a $250 million dark money operation. $250 million is a lot of money to spend if you're not getting anything for it. So that raises the question, what are they getting for it? Well, I showed the slide earlier on the Affordable Care Act and on Obergefell and on Roe versus Wade. That's where they lost. But with another judge, that could change. That's where the contest is. That's where the Republican Party platform tells us to look at how they want judges to rule, to reverse Roe, to reverse the Obamacare cases, and to reverse Obergefell and take away gay marriage. That is their stated objective and plan. Why not take them at their word? But there's another piece of it, and that is not what's ahead of us, but what's behind us. What's behind us is now 80 cases, Mr. Chairman, 80 cases under Chief Justice Roberts, 
that have these characteristics. One, they were decided five to four by a bare majority. Two, the five to four majority was partisan in the sense that not one Democrat, Democratic appointee joined the five. I refer to that group as the Roberts Five. It changes a little bit as with Justice Scalia's death, for instance, but there's been a steady Roberts Five that has delivered now 80 of these decisions. And the last characteristic of them is that there is an identifiable Republican donor interest in those cases. And in every single case, that donor interest won. It was an 80 to zero, five to four partisan route, ransacking. And it's important to look at where those cases went, because they're not about big public issues like getting rid of the Affordable Care Act, undoing Roe versus Wade, and undoing same-sex marriage. They're about power. And if you look at those 80 decisions, they fall into four categories over and over and over again. One, unlimited and dark money in politics. Citizens United is the famous one, but it's continued since with McCutcheon, and we've got one coming up now. Always the five for unlimited money in politics, never protecting against dark money in politics, despite the fact that they said it was going to be transparent. And who wins when you allow unlimited dark money in politics? A very small group. The ones who have unlimited money to spend and a motive to spend it in politics. They win, everybody else loses. And if you're looking at who might be behind this, let's talk about people with unlimited money to spend and a motive to do it. We'll see how that goes. Next, knock the civil jury down. Whittle it down to a nub. The civil jury was in the Constitution, in the Bill of Rights, in our darn Declaration of Independence. But it's annoying to big corporate powers because you can swagger your way as a big corporate power through Congress you can go and tell the president you put money into to elect what to do. He'll put your stooges at the EPA. It's all great until you get to the civil jury because they have an obligation. As you know, Judge Barrett, they have an obligation under the law to be fair to both parties irrespective of their size. You can't bribe them. You're not allowed to. It's a crime to tamper with the jury. It's standard practice to tamper with Congress. and they make decisions based on the law. If you're used to being the boss and swaggering your way around the political side, you don't want to be answerable before a jury. And so one after another, these 85 to four decisions have knocked down, whittled away at the civil jury, a great American institution. Third, first was unlimited dark money. Second was demean and diminish the civil jury. Third is weaken regulatory agencies. A lot of this money, I'm convinced, is polluter money. The coke industries is a polluter. The fossil fuel industry is a polluter. Who else would be putting buckets of money into this and wanting to hide who they are behind donors' trust or other schemes? And what if, if you're a big polluter, what do you want? You want weak regulatory agencies. You want ones that you can box up and run over to Congress and get your friends to fix things for you in Congress. Over and over and over again, 
these decisions are targeted at regulatory agencies to weaken their independence and weaken their strength. And if you're a big polluter, a weak regulatory agency is your idea of a good day. And the last thing is in politics, in voting. Why on earth the court made the decision a factual decision, not something appellate courts are ordinarily supposed to make, as I understand it, Judge Barrett, the factual decision that nobody needed to worry about minority voters in preclearance states being discriminated against or that legislators would try to knock back their ability to vote. These five made that finding in Shelby County against bipartisan legislation from both houses of Congress, hugely passed on no factual record. They just decided that that was a problem that was over on no record with no basis because it got them to the result that we then saw. What followed? State after state after state passed voter suppression laws. One so badly targeting African Americans that the two courts said it was surgically, surgically tailored to get after minority voters. And gerrymandering, the other great control. Bulk gerrymandering, where you go into a state like the Red Map Project did in Ohio and Pennsylvania, and you pack Democrats so tightly into a few districts that all the others become Republican-majority districts. And in those states, you send a delegation to Congress that has a huge majority of Republican members, like 13 to 5, as I recall, in a state where the five, the party of the five, actually won the popular vote. You've sent a delegation to Congress that is out of step with the popular vote of that state. And court after court figured out how to solve that. And the Supreme Court said, nope, five to four again. Nope, we're not going to take an interest in that question. In all these areas where it's about political power for big special interests and people who want to fund campaigns and people who want to get their way through politics without actually showing up, doing it behind donors' trust and other groups, doing it through these schemes, over and over and over again, you see the same thing. 80 decisions, Judge Barrett. 80 decisions, an 80 to zero sweep. I don't, I don't think you've tried cases, but some cases, the issue is bias and discrimination. And if you're making a bias case as a trial lawyer, Lindsey Graham is a hell of a good trial lawyer. If he wanted to make a bias case, Dick Durbin's a hell of a good trial lawyer. If they wanted to make a bias case and they could show an 80 to zero pattern, A, that's admissible, and B, I'd love to make that argument to the jury. I'd be really hard pressed to be the lawyer saying, no, 80 to zero, it's just a bunch of flukes. All 5-4, all partisan, all this way. So something is not right around the court. And dark money has a lot to do with it. Special interests have a lot to do with it. Donors' trust and whoever's hiding behind donors' trust has a lot to do with it. And the Bradley Foundation orchestrating its Emmy key over at the court has a lot to do with it. Hey there, I'm Chris Hayes from MSNBC. Thanks for watching MSNBC on YouTube. If you want to keep up to date with the videos we're putting out, you can click subscribe just below me. I want to apologize for the length of that clip, but that's what I want to talk to you about.
This is the dark money. And the reason that we must expand the Supreme Court, not pack it, balance it. Balance the Supreme Court and you can show the 0 for 80 and 5-4 divisions on the side of power, on the side of minorities. This is another reason that it is imperative if our democracy is to survive If the majority is to rule, we must get rid of Citizens United. The Roberts Court, you must demonize and vilify the Roberts Court because it has done nothing but promoted inequities. Well, the Roberts Supreme Court We have no chance. So while there is a majority, Democratic senators, Joe Manchin said and promised on Fox News that he was against expanding the courts. You simply let Joe Manchin understand We will Blanche Lincoln your ass. And for those of you who don't know who Blanche Lincoln was, she was a Democratic, blue dog, conservative from Arkansas. And we had a progressive running against her in the primary. She beat the progressives. And she went into the general as an incumbent. And she lost to Tom Cotton by 30 points because the Democrats would not support her because she was a conservative, a blue dog. And the Democrats simply left her blowing in the wind. And you let Joe Manchin understand, in a red state, he will not have a job. And concentrate on the other states to keep your majority. You see, at some point, you have to fight. You have to fight these people with everything that you have because they have so packed the courts. The the playing field is not level. And it's because of dark money. Donald Trump had the Lincoln Project and the Lincoln Project will go nowhere near the Supreme Court because the Supreme Court is their court. That's why I don't trust the Lincoln Project. They make up great ads because they have great messages. And progressives 
liberals, they don't seem to understand it. People like Chuck Schumer, Dick Durbin, Tim Kaine, you know, old mushy, soft-faced Tim Kaine, who ain't never been in a fight in his life. You must get rid of these people. They want to talk far left. Let them talk far left. And just like Joe Biden is doing now, he is going with the American people. With the American people. What do the American people want? 71% of the American people, 68% of them are happy with the stimulus plan of Joe Biden. 68%. Dig deeper. Fight harder. And make sure you are able to expand the Supreme Court. Let them call it packing. You call it balancing. And you can always put up the O for 80 in conservative wins, 5-4 decisions. Nobody's right that many times. They had the court when they got rid of the Voting Rights Act. There's no more free clearance to the southern states, and what did they do? They brought in the new voter suppression laws. Progressives, Democrats, liberals, you must Fight and find a better way of fighting, find a better way of messaging. This isn't just by chance that this is happening. We have too many moderates. This is why so many Democrats are. Non-committal To AOC And defending her They call them the gang You're damn right they're the gang They're our gang And we should be Very defensive Of our gang Period There's no attorney that can go before a court and argue a O for 80 when they've won the last 80 cases 5-4 in favor of conservatives. The Roberts Court is vicious, 
It's wrong. Five one six 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 nine five one six. If you want to get through, you must press the one to be in the whole queue. That way, I know your hand is up, so I can call on you. If not, you can listen to your listen to the program on your mobile device. But let's not any air. You have to. Democrats have to. You can't win a presidential uh, blue tsunami in 18, or well, a blue wave in 18, a blue tsunami in 20 and then go back and lose the House, lose the Senate, and stymie a Democratic president. You must fight these people. You must fight them. Sheldon Whitehouse gave you the blueprint. And it's got to be done. If nothing else, we've got to hold on to what we have. Back in a minute. I'll see you 404. Be coming to you. I guess it doesn't want to play It won't let me do anything else all right, let me go to 404. 404, welcome to the Alpha Show. Thank you for calling Truth Voice Network. Yeah, thanks for having me on. How are you doing, Alpha? I'm all right. How's it going? Yeah, it's doing all right. Let me get my headphones together here. Uh, hopefully it's not too loud. But, uh, yeah, well, I, I mean... You're talking about an important topic, and 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 honestly, after a while, it just becomes obvious. It's like, okay, yes, they're going to have to fight, but in order to fight, they're going to have to take the handcuffs off, and the handcuffs meaning uh, the donor class. The Dems, at a certain point, just have to tell the donor class to go spit. The donor class has already been given everything that they could possibly want. They have way too much influence and and sway in shaping how policy is done and shaping how people are going to govern. 
And there's, there's really not much you can give away to them anymore anyway. You, you've already given them the store. So essentially they're blackmailing everybody with, you know, the threat of either not donating anymore or donating to the other side. And I, I think it's an empty threat. I, I think they just need to do popular policy, Medicare for all. Guess what? It's really popular. People actually want it. A real stimulus package, handling this coronavirus in a way that will actually improve people's lives or put people on a trajectory to improve their lives. Like Those are the things that people actually want to see. And things like this, you know, the, the, the 1,400 flim-flam situation to where it's like, yeah, we said 2,000 on the campaign trail, but what we meant was an additional 1,400 to come to 2,000. Like, regular people don't look at that as just or you being honest in your dealings. They look at you as, oh, okay, they take that as typical politicians speak. They become not as enthusiastic about voting. They they look at the whole process as flawed. And at that point, you, you turn out the lights in this huge group of young people who we've seen turn out the vote, you know, in, in this last period. So, so to me, this, all of this is simple. You've already given away everything to that donor class. It's time to tell them no. Like, no, we're not going to listen to you on policy. No, we're not going to listen to Larry Summers coming out of the, the dungeon again <laughs> telling the Dems that the stimulus is too big. Like, no, we're not going to entertain that. Like, we're not going to listen to you. We're going to do what actually needs to be done. So Medicare for all. Start working on climate change. Start looking at things from the, from the lenses of regular working class folk. Because until then, we're going to see the same because let's just put it out there. The right has a liosphere, an echo chamber that is transformed into a whole ecosystem where they create the lie, discuss the lie, and then before you know it, that lie is part of the national discussion as opposed to real topics. And at a certain point, you just dismiss them, not even entertain the nonsense that they bring to the table. When they send somebody like... Uh, Marjorie Green to D.C., you don't treat that as if it's legitimate. You treat her like the unqualified, uh, sadistic, paranoid moron that she is. So the, the, this, this whole idea of playing the game to a certain degree and, and this whole unity thing that, that, that Biden is talking about, I don't want to be unified with fascists. No. Exactly. I don't want to have a discussion exactly. with fascists. No, no, not at all. Why can't that be the now, you want to go? Why can't that, you want to go dig up the adult Republicans the that I grew up knowing about? Then okay, but not those, not these people. No, not at all. Why can't that be what, the argument? We're not going. We're not going to unify, come together with fascists that coddle the racists, the white supremacists. No, you're absolutely right. They have to. They have to basically denounce who they have under their tent. Mm-hmm. Their tent is poisonous. Yes. And wouldn't yes. wouldn't wouldn't the fourteen hundred and the six hundred be two thousand? Because they <laughs> sent me they they sent me six hundred two months ago. 
Yeah, the, the fourteen hundred and six and six hundred is two thousand. But as we both know, when you're on the campaign trail and you're saying a two thousand dollar check, that is what people expect. So to even go back, what you trying that, to say now? Is they their election count? of duty? What you trying to say? <laughs> the, the, the liberals can't count. <laughs> oh, I promise you they can count because I guarantee you. There'll be no issues with people trying to figure out uh, if, if there'll be some type of tax on stocks or trades or if their taxes would be changed from that tax law, that the, the giveaway that Trump did. Like, none of that stuff will be tampered with, and none of that stuff they'll come with loosely. But with this, they play. And, and it's a sad situation because right now nothing this country needs more than stimulus. You stimulate the economy for now, and then and when it gets on its feet, you cut off the stimulus, and then everything is back to the norm. Like, that's how you actually beat recessions and depressions. As we've shown, you know, oh, decade after decade after decade, these are the most effective measures for handling economic downturns. It, 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 you actually make the problem worse when you don't stimulate your economy enough, as we saw in 2008 when the stimulus wasn't big enough. So the recovery was slower, and then the raggedy Republicans who were against the stimulus to begin with turned around and took credit for it in 2016 when that sloppy person took off. So, you know, after a while, if, I, if they're going to keep playing the Charlie Brown-Lucy football game with these people, <laughs> why should I sit here and act like I'm surprised? So, But you're right. But, You're absolutely right. But, yeah, this is going to be interesting. So we have Manson, who is essentially an adversary within the party, who is going to fight against all good policy with the idea of, well, you know, my constituents have a certain idea. Well, wait a minute. Didn't we just have a census? Aren't districts being redrawn? Can't we figure out a way to say, wait a minute, the right drew up a whole lot of uh, conflicted districts in their areas and and created this gerrymandered system to where you would have to run a blue dog in certain areas because they made up the game to, uh, you know, to advantage themselves. And, And for liberals not to say that loudly in a situation where we have the largest, you know, well, not the largest, but a large portion of, of blacks, Latinos, young people, all these people step out to vote, and the answer from the right is they must have cheated. Like, to not call that what it is, an actual throwback to Jim Crow, you know, way of, of, of tainting democracy if you don't win. Like, I, I don't know, Alpha. You're making a lot of good points, man, but, man, it, it, it is hard to listen to these people take the other side seriously. Well, like, these aren't like Republicans this. they're arguing with, but they want to act like they are. Oh well, yeah, but but look at look at look at Trump, look at QAnon. Now that's who now that's who we're up against. Trump and QAnon. QAnon are the people who, along with Trump, they they don't get their way. They want to start a war. Yeah. Yeah. And, which, and is, then, which is a funny thing because the right cr- kind of created a Frankenstein monster 
and now that monster is controlling the party. Uh, you know, the right-wing talk shows, the, the ecosystem that we talked about, where every day they get outraged about something that they think liberals are doing, they created that echo chamber, so now they don't even run on policy anymore. It's about otherizing whoever it is that you hate at that particular moment or whoever it is you think is the epitome of whatever liberal thing you're against. Their whole ideology is what they're against now. There's no supply-side conservatism anymore. There's no fiscal responsibility conservatism anymore. It is a culture war, cult of personality party at this point. And, and liberals would be do well to kind of understand that. It's not acting like these people are serious. Yeah, but liberals have no messaging. Progressives have messaging, but they just don't have a big enough microphone. And they are they yeah. are uh, uh, running up against both liberals and Democrats who are calling them the far left when the programs that progressives want are the popular programs in the country. That's what the American people right. want. Right. And they just don't have the microphone for it. They, Republicans have a megaphone on the right telling with the lies and conspiracy theories on and on and on and on. Hey, hey, but even that only goes so far. You see, they pulled Lou Dobbs tonight. That oh, I was they came out from. I got <laughs> to tell you how I'm. I'm just. I'm just. I'm just. 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 I'm just so distraught. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can tell all the lies and radicalize people all you want to, but. When a lawsuit hits that desk and they actually are going to have to pay damages for some of the stuff that they've done, all of a sudden <laughs> they get religious. <laughs> and now the people who've been yelling cancel culture for four years, all of a sudden they're canceling folks, I guess. They don't call, they're not calling Fox News cancel culture. <laughs> and, 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 and I mean, not yet though Look at exactly what not you got yet. Cause remember this, this is you... like a drug Alpha. This stuff is like a drug You start off on Fox News And then Fox News is not hard right enough for you So you need OAN You need Newsmax Like you oh. need that good good uncut dope and Before you know it You're only listening to guys on Facebook Ranting and raving like Alex Jones So the, well, their the constituency, going to, they're going to have trouble. Oh, go ahead. Lou Dobbs is going to Newsmax. He's yeah, going to leave I believe CNN. It. And it, I mean, uh, Fox News. And it depends on how much his contract has been cut. You know, what year he was in, because he had a six-year deal. And I don't know when it started. But at, at the end yeah. of that six-year deal... He's going to Newsmax or what's it, O and on, A and on, Q and whatever right. the other one is. But I, I, I'm sure but there's, there's language over there. in there for for them to get out of that he probably violated with the situation with the election. So I, I, I'm sure that that move got a little sped up with how open he left himself with with all of the election stuff that that they ran over there, radicalizing all of these crazy people. But but yeah, man, this, this is going to be interesting in the next few years. 
Yeah, but just, see, just right now, try, like think of think of a policy on the right that you're seeing put forward by anybody, like anybody on the right, like any policy, anything that connects to ideology or anything, like there is nothing at this point. They are the party of no ideas at this point. It is they are uh, just basically an opposition party. They find issues that they're opposed to, and those are the issues that they talk about. And that's it. Well, they, they still got their one policy. Well, Shoot that. that ninja before he runs. Shoot that ninja before <laughs> right. he runs. Right, right, right. Can't forget that one. Can't forget that that's, one. That's, you want one way for them to the come together, it'll be one need? of those events. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah man. Well, so, so well, this like, is going to be uh, interesting. <laughs> and like I heard the uh uh Janice Janice has it on uh, one of her uh one of her clips where the young lady says uh I hope that we are only looking for equality and not revenge. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Uh, because man, that day is rapidly look, approaching. That day is yeah, rapidly I'm, approaching, I'm, or they will no longer be the majority. Right, and that's a reality that they're really going to have to face. But Alpha, earlier tonight, I was reading some things about Australia. What I'm finding out in Australia, you have to have a QR code that basically go into almost any building, and they've done lockdowns to the point of anytime there's an outbreak of, you know. Over 20 people, they lock everything down. Everybody stays home. They try to figure out where it is. They do contract tracing, and they they, they such it out, and, and, they, and they get to where they need to get. When you look at something like that, and you look at what we're doing here, where the NBA is talking about an all-star game, where in Iowa they just opened up all the bars, clubs, restaurants, and everything, and you, and you just have to say, like, at this point, we are not a serious people. And I mean that as Americans in total. Like, we're just not a serious people at this point. You got people who've decided that masks are tyranny and they're not going to wear masks. Like, we're just they're not a serious people. We were born, I was born in America. I was born a free man. <laughs> what is their problem? All they got is we're free. Freedom and uh, uh, tax cuts and. Uh, and the first word out of their mouth when you run across one of them is, I tell you what. That's the first thing out of their mouth. <laughs> well, got a whole lot of opinions. None of them informed. And and, and, and I, okay. I'll get out your way, man, let you finish your show. But, but, but lastly, this idea that they're going to means test stimulus check. It's going to cost <laughs> more to do research to means test the stimulus checks than it would to rather than just send it out and, and get the revenue back, you know, during tax time or, you know, figuring out figuring it out later on. The main point is get the money into the hands of the people so the money circulates throughout the economy. George, uh, you know, power bills get paid, water bills get paid, people buy washing machines, refrigerators, cars. That stimulates the economy, which means other people go back to work because money is moving. And these crazy people have allowed the 
ignorant Republicans who allowed Trump to spend money hand over fist, uh, deficit spending, all of a sudden are talking about austerity again, and now they want to do means testing for stimulus. My God. And and Joe Biden is playing right into it. But that's what it is. Hey, man, I, I appreciate the call. And um, Thanks for letting me Janice on, Alfred. I'm listening to you, brother. Oh, and shout out to it's Dennis, Janice too, man. Always good to hear that, sister. <laughs> All right. Hey, thanks look, a lot, you, man. Appreciate Alpha, the call, You and Janice. Y'all have introduced us to a lot of people, y'all guests over the years and, and topics over the years. So get y'all flowers while y'all here, man. Y'all y'all educated and helped people uh, learn a lot of things over the years through, y'all, through this podcast. So salute to y'all. I keep, I keep telling you, I'm not educated. Only reason I got out of high school was I got too big for the furniture. Well, th- that's an advantage. <laughs> You weren't miseducated like some of these other folks who are trying to means test feminists. Uh, see, yeah, <laughs> take well, a real brother to know better than to do that. I appreciate your call, man. Yes, sir. Have a good one. All right, now I'll put you on mute. This is brother Niles, and uh, I—he's been a long time listener, a long time listener. And we have, uh, we make it our, uh, it's our duty to uh, basically support one another and keep up with one another. That's the biggest problem, keeping up with one another. Let me say it like this, and I'll say it and say it again. When injustice becomes law, Resistance becomes duty. This has been another exciting episode of the Alpha Show. We appreciate your listenership. Thank you for joining us at TruthWorks Network, the Alpha Show. Join us next Wednesday, 10 p.m. That's where we are. And that's why it's almost the bewitching hour. It's almost checkmate. It's almost that time. The time is no return. It's almost the time when we won't be able to recover. Because recovery simply will not be in the cards for us. We cannot, I repeat, we cannot continue down this road because this road is headed for the ultimate dead end. Everybody thinks we're all a mother. Who are they to judge us? Mother, mother. Simply call the sweet where I hail on